afternoon. It's Charlie here. Yes, we are back for Pet Chat and a big warm welcome to Cheryl Shaw and Dr. David Tabret. Hello to you both. Hello, Charlie. Good to see you. David, now your, your eyes are looking a little bit droopy, but we're not going to hold it against you. You worked all night. Oh, I thought you were saying I look like a puppy dog or something. Well, no, I was. Yeah. <laughs> listening, listen, what did you say? You were lovely lying in bed listening to the rain. Yeah, I like I was that. walking a dog in the rain at 2am. Oh, were you? Mm. Not as nice. Not as nice when you're out in the elements. <laughs> no. Is the no, but right? you know, you've got to be, you've got to be there for them night and day. Well, we appreciate yep. you being here and we're going to look at uh, what a specialist is a little later on today in the They're show. What very, they do. Very special. They are special. Mm. We'll find out all about that. And Cheryl, what are we chatting about today? We're going to be chatting about dogs' ears and making sure that you're looking in into them to see exactly what's going on. Pet chat right through until one o'clock. When we come back in just a minute, we're going to look at ears. It's really important to, to be checking your, your dog's ears and often we just overlook them. That's right. Particularly if they're floppy because you don't look inside. But yeah. you should. So we're going to have a chat about that on 2 and you are a vet. But we are looking at pets' ears at the moment, Cheryl. This is really important and easy to overlook. It is. And a lot of the time I see dogs' ears that are really murky and people just aren't having a look. So I thought I'd talk about it today. It is important that everybody look at their dog's ears. So picking up their dog's ears and actually looking. What you're looking for is you want the ears to be nice and clean. You want them to be a healthy colour. So nice and pink and shiny in that ear canal. Some of the things that, um, that happens, if your dog's got upright ears, so they're nice and pricked, they're fantastic because the air can get in and really circulate around that and keep it nice and, and dry. So a problem that often exists for dogs that have floppy ears, like you were saying um, before, Charlie, is if they've got ears that, like a cocker spaniel or a poodle that are quite pendulous and heavy, they hang close to the dog's body and it doesn't allow any air to get into the dog's ears at all. And by not having that air movement, we often get infections in the ears. And of course, when a dog has anything happening in its ears, it's very, very painful for them. So we have to be the eyes and the ears for these pets, making sure that we are checking. Well, we so, know ourselves when we get a, an earache or, you know, an infection, it is painful. It is. And ear. often you'll see a dog might have its head tilted on the side or it might be scratching at its ear. So if you do notice that, or in, in some cases, you'll see a dog's got a lot of matting on one ear. Make sure you have a look at just what's going on there because there are some signs that you can see very visually that um, there could be something going on. If you're bathing your dog, it's really important not to get the water and the shampoo in the dog's ears. So either plugging them, make sure you take those ear plugs out when you're finished, but making sure that you're not getting water in that ear because getting water in the ear is going to keep that moisture there and that moisture is going to set up um, a really bad um, environment for bacteria and yeast to grow. So we want to make sure that when you're at home doing your bathing that you are making sure that the dog's ears stay nice and clean and dry. A lot of the times too, Charlie, you'll find that um, with grooming, we can really help with grooming because if we take some of that um, weight out of the ears and shave underneath the ears, we can. Um, what will happen is that it won't be so heavy and we can allow more air into the dog's ears. So getting them groomed and um, having that hair taken away, just thinning it out or, or shaving underneath can really assist as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, Cheryl, do you uh, see, sometimes people ask me the question, they say, should we pluck our dog's ears? Yes, pluck. <clears throat> mm. yeah. And there's a, there's a there's a couple of schools of thought on this. Oh. And I've asked, um, I've asked a lot of people... 
and I've asked you know, like five vets and I've got six opinions. Yep. Um, Is there a lean one way to the other before Cheryl? There's, there's a couple of things that happens, Charlie, and I can understand. Look, sometimes if you do too much in an ear, you're going to create a problem. So I mm. believe that, um, and in our industry from grooming, it's not regulated, which, you know, is the thing that I find very, you know, disturbing. Oh, and, and, and when you're, when you're dealing with ears, like, yes. if, if, you, if you're in the wrong place, it, it's quite painful. Yes, yes. If you just start. You so know. we are talking about plucking <clears throat> with tweezers. Yeah. Sometimes oh, you pluck just, with hemostats or, or with your, your fingers. fingers. Oh, yeah. okay. But what happens, some dogs have a lot of hair inside those ears, mm. and particularly your poodles, poodles your legatos, your shih tzus, and I believe that they do need to be plucked, but sometimes less is more. If you're not taking too much out and disturbing those membranes, um, but you'll do have, I'll do have some clients that their vets will say don't pluck, and I can understand that because if you see some methods that some people use, it mm. really is quite barbaric. Oh, wow. Um, but if you do it gently and you just lift out enough to allow enough air to get into that canal to keep it clean and dry. The other thing is when um, often when veterinarians give their clients their medication, the owners can't get the med in the, the, the ointment into the ear if there's too much hair there. Mm. So it is a great idea if we can pluck, but um, mm. certainly make sure that whoever is doing any plucking is, is you know, trained in doing trained. it correctly. Yeah, it's not something that you can just walk up and no and do it. be it's delicate. quite a skill yeah of course um, for sure yeah and, and they have to be experienced <clears throat> at it david i really do believe that that's very mm. important is there more problems in winter given that it's it's cooler um often wetter more, more moisture in the air do moisture is definitely a problem but humidity in the spring and summer we seem to have a lot more uh, air, air problems would you find that david yeah oftentimes um you know, we have a veterinary dermatologist, um, Danny Houlihan, who works with us, and she says that some dogs that actually have allergic skin disease, they may present that the only sign they have is ear problems. So she has to talk to people about allergic disease and they, and clients say, oh, but it's just his ears. And they say, well, they actually, that's because that's the area that's moist because there's poor ventilation, like you were saying, or there's hair there or they're floppy ears. Um, and sometimes it's actually the first sign of a worsening problem. Right. And that tends okay. to occur in spring, summer. So it's really the next couple of months is when we start to see a real surge in um, ear problems. Yeah, and the pollens too, a lot of pollens. And, and sometimes mm. it can even be the diet. And a lot of dogs just have that predisposition through genetics that they are going to be chronic ear Problems. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this because I'm always What's Gizmo done? Yeah, well, what have I done? Um, I've had it in the past where Gizmo does get a dirty ear. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, if it's red and it stays inflamed, I'll get it checked. But just sometimes it's a bit mucky. So I get the old, um, you know, the cotton ball wipes and a, a little salt mix and I give them a bit of a clean. And he, he loves it. There's, Is that naughty? Is um, that naughty to do Cheryl's laughing? <laughs> So that's the wrong thing to do. There are there are actually ear cleaning solutions. Um, I use the good old salt water. Yeah, mm. but then you've got the problem, Not like good. Cheryl was saying, is that there's water in there. I yeah. then get a I then get a dry one and go in and give yeah. it a wipe. And we and don't <laughs> don't want to be shoving stuff down in the no, ears. 
Remember that less is more? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. okay, all we right. We do need to keep them clean, though, and we do need to keep gizmos ears plucked. But um, putting, you know, home remedies in isn't advisable, mm. so we might, you know, slap your wrist there. But, you know, it really is important. You are doing the right thing by checking that gizmos ears, you know, what they're looking like. So that, I yep. think, is the message that we need to get out, Okay. that we really do need to check the ears. If you're seeing anything, you know, any discharge, ulceration, if it looks murky, if there's, you know, any odour, you need to get off to the vet because if they start treating early you can get on top of it it's when we let things go that we do have a problem so check the ears 49216216 if you do have any questions and we do have helen from wall's end on the line a question about your cat for david yes i heard on your program quite a while ago about the gloves for cats um now i wasn't really interested at the time because i only have dogs i don't mm. have cats but my granddaughter has just bought two kittens home from the RSPCA and she took them to have the claws cut at the weekend and I said to her well I had heard about these gloves and can you tell us some more about it? So I think you're probably um, talking about the soft paws which are they're like a little um, false cap. false yeah they're a, they're a soft cap that is glued onto the claw and then they fall off after a um, couple of months um, and they they work quite well. Um, they'll stop the cat scratching, and you know, because they don't have the sharp claw. But um, they're a little bit fiddly to put on because you've got to get the cat to sit still and hold its paw out and um, get the actual nail out. Uh, so it's a, it's a technically it's a fiddly thing to do. You've got uh, how many nails have they got on each paw? Four. So you've got sixteen of them to do. And I've seen it happen where people go in and they get it done just on the front ones because by the time you get through the two front feet, the cat says, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so, I, Yes, I can understand yeah. that, yes. So, yeah, they're, they're there. They come in all different. Um, you can get colours and patterns. They, they look quite cute, but um, they're a little bit fiddly and it's usually something that you've got to get the vet to put them on because of... Um, how they've got to hold the claw to get and get them to fit. Right, and where do you get them from? Oh, most most vets they may not necessarily stock them, but I think if you ask, they'd certainly say, "Oh yes, I remember those, and we can get them in for you." Oh, uh, all right, then. So yeah. you don't really recommend them, but they're there oh, if no. they're needed. No, I, I, I think they're a great idea. I just personally, I don't have the patience to put them on my cap, but it might save <laughs> the furniture. All right. <laughs> something so you know it's a great idea but um not every cat's going to be too happy about it do you put them on cheryl Have no i don't them? do cats at um at my work we just totally do dogs but a lot of groomers do do them as well but okay. also helen you can buy them online if you've got a good cat you might be able to sit on the lounge and do that at home of an evening you could train them. <laughs> yeah. well well because these are only kittens she got them at the rspca maybe you know you could train them right from when they're young that's yeah. a very very well, good hop idea. online and buy some and have a go let us know how it goes Mm. All right, then. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. We are Bye. taking your calls today. Dr. David Tabret here to answer any of your questions, 49216216. I don't think I'd be like, I wouldn't like to be trying with, with my cat. I don't have a cat, but if I did, <laughs> I <wouldn't like> to. <laughs> Might come out with a few <laughs> yeah, but, scratches and bleeding. And Yeah, exactly. But you do get some really placid ones that will just sit no, there. And, 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 and look, do, Hel yeah. Helen's got a good point. 
they are kittens and probably, you know, if you said, okay, today we're going to put one on, tomorrow we're going to put two yeah, on. Yeah, do it gradually. A few treats as you go. I yeah. think you'd probably get, you get there. We yeah. listen in. You know, with ourselves, when we get groomed, when we go get our hair done, Cheryl, it probably takes longer for us than it does you, David. But uh, halfway through, I'm thinking, oh, can you get this power <laughs> off? I'm done. Yep, over it. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. I'd leave halfway through, but, you know. That's funny. I say exactly the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. As always, we're loving hearing from you and answering your questions. 49216216. Now, I think we've got Sue from Edgeworth. You've got a, a question about your cat attacking your legs. Yeah, if you could help me. He's a kitten that was abused as a kitten. Um, and he's been, he's okay, he's a bit feral. But every now and again, he seems to high up my leg and he'll actually claw and bite. Mm. And then, then he runs away and hides like he knows he's done wrong. No. He's <laughs> like a naughty little kid. It's, it's, he is. Yeah. He's about eight, eight years old, so it's not a, you know. But he was he was thrown from a car as a kitten. So well, he had a really bad start. Oh, we, that is yeah. awful, yeah. We can't, yeah. We can't blame... Can't keep blaming his youth for his indiscriminate behaviour as an adult. He's just bitter. If I was thrown from a car, I'd be a bit bitter too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, but it's only me that he does it too, so I don't know whether it's. Um... Now, is there a particular place in the house that this happens? Um, normally in the lounge room. Mm. Like if if um, I'm walking or sitting, or even he come down the corridor and he'll just pounce on my leg. So cats, uh, cats, um, they like it's not really play. It's just um, mm-hmm. you know they're stimulated and they're hyper excited and they're a, they're a predatory species. So they yeah. like to jump on and attack things. He's yeah. not he's not running away because he thinks or knows that he's done the wrong thing. He's running away because when he attacks something, he then runs away and hides, checks the surrounds, and then comes back. Ah, oh, right. So, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he doesn't know that it's good or bad, and and mm-hmm. it it really isn't a matter of whether it's good or bad. It's just that it's got consequences for yeah. your legs, and yeah. um, this is a really common problem that I see with, um, particularly with older people and who may mm-hmm. be on things like blood thinners and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, it's actually yes. a really dangerous problem. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it's one that really deserves uh, attention and. Cheryl, we were just chatting just before we got to the call, weren't we? I think you came up with a great idea. I think that you can try um, getting one of those little cat toys that's got a feather or a little mouse on it. I've got them. On a string? Yeah, got those as well. Yeah, with the catnip, it's supposed to... You need to carry it it with you. Mm. And as soon as he jumps out, quickly get it out and, um, like, have it nearby so you can quickly put it in front of him Mm. and get him to go for that. Okay. Because what about when, he... when he comes comes up behind me? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, you can actually sometimes see it in his eyes. His eyes change, mm. and you can see he's getting this look. That, he he um, winds up to come and jump yeah, at you. Yeah, he's stimulated. Yeah, mm. yeah he no, gets no, very no. excited, and sometimes this will occur at certain times of the day, like mm. around about dinner time or after dinner. That that commonly happens. Yeah. Um, and they just get very excited about the fact that there's food around, and mm. so. Uh, they they go into this almost like wild state, as, as yeah. you were saying, and and that's the time to say, okay, I'm about to feed him. I know that he gets really stirred up. I'm going to feed him in this room, mm-hmm. but before we do, I'm going to play with the toy with him. And if I initiate it, mm-hmm. right, then that will distract him and he'll get engrossed in that. Then we can feed him. And then just give him time to settle down so that he's not running around looking for something else to jump on. 
right, thank so you. Might be just lock him up, oh. but you're going to need to give him some activity. Yeah, I've got those ready like in the lounge room. I'd normally put it on a cane and, and jangle yes. it around for him, so he's got to jump and do those sort of things. But yeah, do yeah. that. Do that before you feed him, and then after you feed him, I would say just lock him up for a while so that he's not um, able to come and run and attack uh, your legs as you're walking down the hallway. Yeah, just keep a bit calm. Yeah, mm. all right. Good Good luck with that, Sue. We're going to go to Wayne now, who's in Greeter. Now, your dog has mites, ear mites. Yes, darling. I rang up about two weeks ago and um, I got told to buy, I think it's Spot Out. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're still scratching crazy at their ears. Oh, it's a timely topic, isn't it? Because Cheryl's just been talking about ears and... So, have you been to the vet with your dog? Um, no, I haven't been to the vet. Um, no. They they go once a month, once every two months, out to get a haircut and all that. Yeah. Um, and and they sort of we've asked them, but they couldn't find anything. But yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be a major thing. It's just that every now and again they'll just go scratching their ears crazily, and mm. it can, we had a, it can but, turn into a major thing. So I, I right. certainly want to get on to it. Um, okay. There's a couple of things just to mention, like oftentimes we'll see, to diagnose mites, yep. for me, I would have to look down the ear, take a sample with a, so I use what's called an otoscope, go down the ear, take a sample, swab, put it on a slide and look at it under a microscope and if I see mites then I'm going to say that you've got mites down there. Okay. okay? If you're get, just getting black crusty discharge and so on, um, that's often an indicator that they might have mites, but that could also occur with things like a yeast infection, bacterial infection. And um, the other thing that is concerning, particularly if you start putting things in the ear, is often the times these guys, the eardrum is ruptured. Right. And if you're putting stuff in there that's not meant to go into the middle ear, it can actually cause permanent deafness Ooh. and balance problems and yeah. all sorts of things. So... It just starts to get a little bit more complicated and um, as we were saying earlier, even things like allergies can be a part of this as well and that's difficult to treat without getting a, a good diagnosis. Okay, so you think go to the vet and get Abs him to check them? Yeah. Absolutely. There's actually, like just uh, as an example, um, when we look with an otoscope, we used to have these ones, they're like a, you know, just like the doctors, uh, medicos use, so they're looking here but they get up yep. really... You know, the doctor gets really yeah, close. Yeah, yep, definitely. Well, we we don't do that. We've got this... Oh, um, you've got better technology. Yeah, it comes up on a computer screen. Oh, wow. So That's I can cool. actually put the otoscope in and I can look at the computer screen and then I just press a little button and it captures a camera, a photo of your dog's ear and you're sitting there looking at the computer screen and we're looking at his ear together. Oh, that's great. Our, our pets have better technology than what we do for ourselves. Absolutely. Oh, an outrage. Four nine two one six two one six. Answering all of your questions today on Pet Chat. We've got Barry from Curry now. You've got a question about um, is it the gel tips? Is that what they're called for the for soft the cats? paws? Soft paws. Yeah, oh, I didn't need them. I got three little kittens, and every time they meant to do something, they just tap them on the paw. And after about two weeks, they stop. He's trained. You've trained them. <laughs> So, so you haven't needed them at all? No, just tap them on the paw every time they do, say naughty, yeah. and they stop. I think you would there have. You go. I, th I think um, Barry's idea would have solved Helen's problem. 
but also Sue's problem with the cat attacking her legs. Yes. Well, Helen from Wall's End, yeah, she wanted to know about the, the soft the paws. The soft paws, yeah. And Sue's cat kept attacking her legs. Yeah. A question, and at the risk of getting in trouble again, <laughs> what's the rule on getting out a water bottle and giving, um, you know, a little, little spray? Is that bad? Um. You know, uh, despite what you might think about my looks, I'm actually been a vet for a long time, <laughs> and uh, I remember when we used to do say that. Okay. And that was the the way that, like, we would squirt them with the spray. Yep. Just doesn't. It's it's called aversion therapy. Mm. It's not that good a behaviour tool. It, right. It kind of works, right? But it just doesn't work long term. Okay. And your cat starts to hate you. And, yes. you know... It's all about this new wave um, positive reinforcement. It's well, what I do yeah, with Max and good. I guess it's what you do with your pets. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, you, We can say that and I, I understand what you're saying. Yes. But to be honest, it actually... There's evidence that shows that for long-term uh, effective behaviour therapy, particularly... I mean, I go back, it wasn't that long ago that we were... Um, they're, they're now banned is the things like electric shock collars and mm. those choke collars with the steel prongs mm. awful oh, things awful. but people, yeah. you know we used to think that that was the way yeah. that we would work times have changed and time and we now realize that things like well pets feel pain and they respond and they think and of so on so I, I i think yeah we used to use the spray bottle um but there's better ways yep good one. Four nine two one six two one six. There's a free line if you've got a question. Now we're going to look at what is a specialist. You know, I was, think, I, I was thinking about this topic and I, on the way here I was driving here and did you realise that I think that this may be the only ra- uh, pet radio show in Australia where your three main presenters, myself, Dr Kimberley and Dr Bob, well, we're not specialists. No, but we've all... <laughs> but you're going to give me an amazing fact then. Well, it is. We've all actually sat and passed extra examinations um, at a amazing. higher qualification. Um, Kimberly's just passed uh, recently. Good honour. Yes. And then that, came... That is impressive. Yeah. Then came there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, hours. Oh, I know. Except, I know. except in your case, but everyone else. No. <laughs> and no, naturally but it is, gifted. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly it. right. No, well, in as much as we've achieved that, which is which is fantastic, put a lot of work in. Um, a specialist is someone who's uh, a vet who's gone on. They've done that. They've done their extra training over and above university. Yep. Then they go on and do a three-year training course. Right. Then they have to publish original research papers. And then they have to sit more exams. And then they finally have to do um, these exams in Australia, at least. They're, there's all around the world. But the ones in Australia is they have to do two three-hour written papers and then a three-hour or a two-hour practical and another two- or three-hour exam. Wow. And then if they get through all of that, then they've got to pay a lot of money to become a specialist. Wow. You've got to pay it to the government to be regulated. That's what we do. But the fact is then they become a specialist. Now, what can you be a specialist in? Well, you name it. You can do it by discipline. So I could be a surgeon. I could be an ophthalmologist. I could be a dermatologist, like we've been talking about um, skin and ears yes. and things. Um, I'll, I could do it by species. So I could be a, 
a dog specialist or a cat specialist or an alpaca specialist. Yeah. Did you know that in Australia we have specialists in animal welfare, we have specialists in fish medicine, bird medicine, zoo medicine, wildlife. It's uh, amazing, uh, isn't it? And these guys are like, um, like you know, the vets on this show, we're pretty clever. These guys are they're, they're way above us. Is Dr Chris Brown a specialist? No, but he's got a pretty good profile. Yes, he does. He's not a specialist, but he's um, been practicing down in Sydney, and uh, and I do believe he did a bit of work with his dad up here in Newcastle. So, local boy done well. So, to to find these specialists, do, is it advertised? Like, if you're looking at a vet or a specialist, how do you come across them, David? Just for your everyday. Um, usually, well, it kind of works exactly like the human system, right? So you go to your GP, yep, and he says. You. Geez, those ears are bad, and we've tried four treatments, and it's not getting better. I'm going to have to send you to a dermatologist. Okay. Yep. Now, what that means is that your specialists, they see all the patients who couldn't be fixed elsewhere. So they get all the really hard ones, and they're very good, very good at fixing them. I've worked with many specialists over the years, and it just blows me away. Um, you know how well they can get to the nuts and bolts of what the problem is, and get get your pet well and fixed and back on the road. It's just amazing how how many facilities and different uh, things we have for our pets. You know, if you go back however many years, we wouldn't have had this. It's we've we've come a long way. Absolutely, yeah. It's very impressive. We are talking pet chat. I believe we've got Claudia from Western on the line. Claudia, how can Dr. David Tabret help you today? Just a question about my corgi. Mm-hmm. She's a six-year-old desexed corgi, and Monday night she found a new 10-kilo bag of her dry food in the shed and gave herself a midnight feast. Oh. We, we estimated she had approximately 500 grams, mm-hmm. and we restrict her diet to about 200 grams a day to keep her weight under control. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, we didn't realise till lunchtime yesterday when she went back into the shed to have another go what she'd done. <laughs> she looked a bit, she looked a bit bloated the night before, and I couldn't work out Why? where she yeah. got food. So yeah. last night for two, we just gave her a very small portion. I'm talking about fifty grams of um, steamed chicken breast, yep. and I gave her about the same for breakfast. How long should I restrict what she has? Ah, uh, I don't. It's just a normal food, is it? Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a prescription diet or anything. No, it's a um, it's a calorie controlled. It one. is. Oh, one. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right to go back to normal today. Back to normal, yeah, right. Uh, her tummy's gone down a fair bit. It's still a little puffy to what she was, you know. And she, but we just didn't know whether we should have restricted intake no. for another twenty four hours or just let it go. Oh uh, no, I think twenty four hours is fine. So okay. we're past that now. Yep, we are. Yeah. You're good to yep. go. Good to go. Good to go. Oh, she'll be pleased. I'll go. Yeah, she will be pleased. She'll be loving you. I'll have to remember to tell my husband that next time he catches me in the middle of the night having a feast. <laughs> yeah, good to you go know, the next ha- day. Yeah, I'm good to go. You don't need to restrict <laughs> me, okay? <laughs> Look, we have time for, for a few more calls. There is a free line, 49216216. It is Pet Chat. Just having a look at the pet of the week. Now, I I am in love 
Look at this. Oh, cute. Oh, look at this. Yeah. We're, we're talking banjo. You can see banjo. You can actually head to our website. It's our new look website, 2NURFM.com. So easy to use. Go to programs and then go down to Pet Chat and you will see banjo. Now, he is beautiful. He's a two-year-old Mastiff hound. Uh, he's playful and lovable and he's just got a face you just want to squish. You really do. He knows his basic commands. He can shake and he can do a high five. Oh. And he loves walking. He walks really well on a harness. He loves human company. Um, he probably would prefer to be an only dog. I guess when you shine that brightly, you don't need anyone else around you, do you? Um, he is happy, easygoing, and a lovable boy. So he is looking for a forever home. If you would like to check out Banjo, and if you want to inquire more, all the details you need are on our website. That is 2NURFM.com. Check it out. All right, we're taking more calls on Pet Chat, 49216216. We've got John, I believe. John, how can Dr. David Tabret help you? Hi, look... Um Every now and again, my dog, he'll go outside and he starts chewing on a bit of grass or that. And I'm, I'm not sure if he's just trying to help me do the weeding or if he's lacking something. Probably not lacking something. Um, dogs will do this to a varying degree. Um, traditionally, it's always been thought that, uh, you know, they're trying to make themselves sick. Um, so they're, like, purging themselves. And some dogs will eat grass and then vomit. And I think... Some dogs, they are feeling sick, they eat grass, they vomit, but they were going to vomit anyway, and they vomit up the grass, and people go, oh, the grass made them vomit. Well, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. On the other hand, you've got some dogs who think they are cows, and they will just graze quite happily for a long time, and I've got (laughs) one of those, and it's very hard to take her for a walk because every five steps she has to stop and just eat grass. Um, it doesn't really mean you, that there's anything missing. It's just some, I guess they like the texture, they might like the flavour. Generally, I would keep them away from um, anywhere where you think they might be contaminated. Um, soil, of course, if they're eating grass, that's a really good way that they're going to get worms because worms um, hatch out in the yard uh, from the eggs from another dog's gut or their own. And then the larval worms climb up on the grass. So if your dog's eating grass, then worming is absolutely 100% essential and should be uh, checked with your vet regularly. Good one. Before we go to our last call, having a quick look at the weather, thanks to our sponsor, Snap Freeze Air Conditioning. Well, it's going to remain wet this afternoon. Uh, tomorrow, a little bit of a foggy start, then some showers and that will continue for the next day or two. Right now it is 17 degrees. And we will go to Lucky Last. We've got Sharon. Sharon, how can we help you today? Hi, I've got a cat that's probably four or five years old. And she's a farm cat and she's out about during the day. But at night after dinner, um, they like to come in and sit on our lap on the couch. But she drools. And it's just awful. It's just, it's disgusting. You know, it's, it's just... You don't want her to cuddle because it just it's all over the couch, it's all over your clothes, um, and I'm wondering why. Is this a uh, recent problem? No, she's been doing it for about, I suppose, two years. Okay. And um, is there times when she comes in and um, doesn't drool? Well, she doesn't when she's just being normal, you know, when okay. she's just walking around and all the rest. No, but, but if she wants to cuddle with you, yes. she starts to 
drooling bit. Okay. Um, some cats will do that. Um, the first thing I would say is just make sure there's no dental disease. So um, you can do a thing we call flip the lip, which means just lift the lip up and have a look if you see any red line along the gum, any areas of that look discoloured or sore, um, past that's going to be a problem. If it's not that, um, there are some conditions where cats can actually be drooling as a sign of epilepsy. That's pretty unlikely, but, you know, could be a possibility. And the other thing is that some cats, once they relax, they just uh, will drool. And not just cats. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Good on you, Charlie. <laughs> Look, that's all we've got time for today. Cheryl Shaw, David Tabret, thank you both so much for coming in. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you, Charlie.